Well, it was a fun couple of days. Now back to reality. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, November 5th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. Today we're going to recap an ugly defeat for the New York Jets on Thursday night football as they were defeated by the Indianapolis Colts 45-30. That's what's ahead here today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I, however, am not loving what I saw from the New York Jets last night. They were defeated by the Colts 45-30 to in a game that was nowhere near as close as that score would indicate. At no point in the second half did it feel like the Jets were in the game. Now, they made it a little interesting in the last couple of minutes because they got it to two scores and they were driving the ball, but it never felt like the Jets had a legitimate chance to win that game. And most of the blame has to go to the defense, and we'll talk about that ahead here on the show. Let me give you an amazing fact. The first seven times the Colts had the ball last night, they scored six touchdowns. And the only time they did not score a touchdown, they drove the ball all the way to the two-yard line before the Jets finally got to stop near the goal line. This game began with the Jets receiving just as they did last week, and they had to punt after six plays, but it was actually not a terrible drive. Now, you always want to score on your first drive, don't get me wrong, but they were able to move the chains a couple of times, and they were able to flip field position. And early in the game, they at least got themselves into a little bit of a, a rhythm. Unfortunately, the field position did not really matter because the Colts went right down the field. I mean, the Colts allowed, averaged 11 yards per play on their first drive. Eight plays, 88 yards. It was capped on a 35, a 34-yard touchdown run by Hines. And on that play, there were three offensive linemen who hit C.J. Mosley. I mean, your defensive line's not doing the job if three offensive linemen are getting to the second level. And that was the story of the evening. Now, after that, the Jets got a little Mike White magic. He hit Keelan Cole to extend a drive on third and 10. He hit a couple more passes, and he finally hit Elijah Moore for a 19-yard touchdown on the busted coverage. So it felt like, all right, we got Mike White. Mike White's playing well again. It's like, Matt, Mike White magic. Unfortunately, though, he was injured on that play. We'll find out more about his status going forward. Very frustrating to lose Mike White after he begins on such a positive note. And even more frustrating is what followed because, again, the Colts went right down the field. And Jets had a couple opportunities to get off the field. Unfortunately, they did not. There was a third and five where Michael Pittman beat Bryce Hall. And then the next play, Bryce Hall had a chance to intercept it because... Carson Wentz kind of threw a duck down the field down the right sideline, and Hall just missed it. Marcus May converged with him, but the Colts ended up putting together another drive. Jonathan Taylor, a 21-yard touchdown run. So it's 14-7 Colts. Jets get the ball back. Now Josh Johnson's in at quarterback, and the Jets actually run a really innovative trick play where they throw what looks like a screen to Jamison Crowder, but then he laterals it all across the field to Michael Carter. I'm not sure how many times I've seen a play like that. And Carter runs 23 yards to pick up a third and 15. 
was an amazing play, but nice play call by Mike LaFleur. And if it goes disastrously, if you know if Carter if Crowder throws the lateral poorly, everybody's crushing Mike LaFleur. So let's give him some credit because that one worked. However, a couple plays later, Ty Johnson fumbled the ball away. Darius Leonard punched the ball out. Colts went right down the field. Again, the Jets' defense didn't get a stop. I mean, I can just tell you pretty much every sequence here, the Jets gave up a touchdown in the early stages and middle stages of this game. They had The only chance the Jets really had to get off the field here was there was a fourth and one on, their, on the four-yard line, but Carson Wentz ran a quarterback sneak, and a couple plays later, Wentz hit Jack Doyle for a one-yard touchdown. So it's 21-7. Then Josh Johnson actually puts together a drive. He hits Tyler Croft for a 26-yard gain. The ball's a little underthrown. Croft makes a nice adjustment. Drive stalls in the red zone. Jets kick a field goal. There's under two minutes left in the half. So it's 21-10. It's like, okay, Jets got a little momentum here. Let's see if the defense can finally get a stop before the half. But of course they can't. Colts go right down the field the end of the half they score a touchdown it's Michael Pittman from Wentz an 11 yard score that caps it off Bryce Hall beaten in coverage again rough game for Bryce Hall no question no question about it Bryce Hall who's played very well had a tough game the first drive out of the half was the one the Jets got to stop you're just saying the Jets got to stop they still let the Colts drive the ball 83 yards to get to the two yard line before they finally made a play in fact the hero of that drive if there was a hero on defense for the Jets at all last night was Shaq Lawson because Carson Wentz was scrambling and it looked like he was going to get in and Lawson kind of got him by the by, by the shoestrings and brought him down on third and goal from the five and the Jets were able to get a stop on fourth and goal from the two however they weren't able to do anything with that drive and the Colts got the ball right back and in three plays they scored a touchdown uh, just an ugly performance the Jets punted again. Colts cut another touchdown on a Jonathan Taylor 78-yard run. I mean, it was 42-10. to And then the Jets scored a couple times to make it respectable. Josh Johnson led some touchdown drives. Now, Aikman was saying on the broadcast that the Colts were not playing prevent, and the tape will tell us whether that's true or not, but whether or not they were actually playing prevent. The first Jets touchdown drive went six plays, but the other two went, one went 11 plays, one went 13 plays. And that's essentially the goal of prevent. Prevent's a very valid way to play defense when you're up multiple scores in the second half. Now, I think sometimes teams use it in the wrong spots. You should not use prevent near the end of the first half. You should not use prevent if you're up only one score late in the fourth quarter. But the point of prevent is in situations like that, where you're up three, four scores, mid to late third quarter, fourth quarter, because you're conceding yardage. And you're allowing the team to score, but you want them to take up 11, 12, 13, 14 plays. Because if you do that, they're not gonna, you're not going to leave them enough time on the clock to come back. So even though they're getting points, they're using up so much time in getting those points that they're eliminating their chance for victory because there isn't going to be enough time for them to have enough possessions to win the game. And that's pretty much what happened to the Jets in this game. They actually did get the ball back down 35 to 40, uh, 45 to 30 and drove the ball to the cold seven before there was an interception on a tipped ball. But even if they had scored there, they would have been out of time. So the Colts did did the job there. I mean, whether or not it was technically prevent, I don't know. But the thing with prevent is you're not trying to give up 15 yards per play. You're trying to limit the defense. You're willing to give up short plays, five, six, seven yards in exchange for running out the clock. And that's what they did. And the Jets were on their way to loss number six of the 2021 season. Not much good you can say about this game for the Jets. Unlike McDonald's, there's a lot 
that's good you can say about McDonald's. And this episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you can always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Now, if the Jets had played a little bit better last night, it would have been a good place for Robert Sala to take the team to celebrate. There are a couple guys who maybe can go, like, say, Josh Johnson, who I thought played pretty well in relief of Mike White and Elijah Moore, who had a couple touchdowns, and even Ryan Griffin. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Jets watch party? McDonald's, I'm loving it. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are recapping a 45-30 loss to the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday night football. You know, on Thursday afternoon, I was talking to somebody I know, and I said, it's vintage life as a Jets fan that the Thursday night game this year comes this week. You get one Thursday night game a year. There are numerous reasons Thursday night football exists, but I think one of them is that Every team gets a Thursday night game, typically. So that means every single fan base gets to watch their team at least once in primetime. But of course, the Jets' Thursday night game this year had to come after the most thrilling win we've seen in years last weekend against the Indianapolis Colts. It's funny because we began the week on Locked On Jets in a very happy mood because the Jets had won that game. That was our Monday show. Now we close out the week in a very bad mood because the Jets have lost the game. And if you're new to the show, this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day, Monday through Friday through the week. So welcome. Hope you enjoy it. Hope we'll see you again. But it's vintage that this had to be the week the Jets played their Thursday night game. Because after that incredible win, you got three days to enjoy. You did not even get a full week. And heading into this game, I think most of us knew this was going to be a tough matchup. But I don't think any of us were expecting the defense to play like that. That was as bad as the defense played two weeks ago in New England. And here's the thing. They did not have the number one excuse last night that they had in New England. Because in New England, C.J. Mosley wasn't there. I had talked about how he was kind of the glue of the defense. And after that game, you could have made an argument that he's a really important player. Well, maybe they were missing Mosley. Now, part of it was they put Jamie and Sherwood in at Mike Linebacker, who was 216 pounds, and the Patriots just ran at him, and he could not get off blocks. Well, C.J. Mosley was out there in that game, and he did not play very well. The defensive line, it was a total no-show from them. They were dominated in the trenches. I mentioned on that first touchdown, I mean, you had three offensive linemen hitting the same linebacker, Mosley. That shows you defensive linemen aren't doing their jobs. And that was the story of the night. The Colts had over 100 yards by early in the second quarter rushing the football. At the end of the first half, they were averaging 8 yards per carry, or just about that. Before the end of the third quarter, before the end of the third quarter, the Colts had the most rushing yards of any team in a single game this season. And that was without the fourth quarter. Unbelievable how bad this defense was. And they, again, Colts have a good offensive line. They have some very good players up front. But as you heard, if you listen to the broadcast, Robert Sala was talking about how this is the best defensive line room he's ever had. So you're going to say that. It's not really an excuse if the Colts have talent up front. Just an unbelievable performance, dismal performance by the defense. You look at this performance, and I mean, it wasn't just the defensive line. Mosley had a rough game. He missed some tackles. Jared Davis got wiped out on a couple of runs. He filled the the wrong lane a couple times. I mentioned Bryce Hall. It was a rough game for him. 
I like Bryce Hall, and I think he's shown early in this season that he probably is a starting caliber corner. I'm willing to go out on that limb and say Bryce Hall has shown he's a starting caliber corner, but there's been a question. Is he a number one corner? I think he's been anointed a little too early for that, and last night's game showed you why, because there were three big plays he was part of that did not go well. And beyond that, I mean, Ashton Davis. How many big plays is Ashton Davis a part of? He's the last line of defense. How many times is he taking a bad angle? I mean, there was one play where he was beaten deep. He was kind of faked out by the route stem, and Troy Aikman was, like, making excuses for him. And I'm saying, Troy, just because the receiver stems his route to the right and then goes left, that doesn't mean it can be an automatic 31-yard completion against Ashton Davis on the long touchdown run by Taylor. He was out of control. He took a horrible angle. Now, it wasn't entirely his fault. Listen, I mean, it's a long touchdown run. That means the Jets got wiped out up front, but just ugly all the way around by this defense. But here's the worst part of this game. I I think most of us could have lived with Mike White coming back down to earth. You say, okay, fine. Last week was maybe he caught a little lightning in a bottle. Maybe it was a little bit of a fluke. Okay, Mike White's not that good. It was a one-game mirage. The thing is, like, he came out and played really well. Now, he missed one pass on, just ran a little gadget play where they had a lateral back to him, and he underthrew it. He underthrew an open receiver. That was on him, and it could have been interception. But that was the only mistake. I mean, he was very efficient. Again, he moved the chains on third down. When the Colts busted the coverage deep, he hit Elijah Moore for a touchdown. That was an easy touchdown, but he still hit it. He identified the bust in the coverage. He was playing like he was last week. He was making good pre-snap reads. He knew where to go with the football. So you got a little optimism early on. And you said, like, even if the Jets' defense wasn't going to play great, maybe Mike White can win us a shootout tonight. Or maybe Mike White can keep us in the game. Then he gets hurt. Oh, my goodness. Then he gets hurt. And that's the worst thing because it's not, it would have been one thing if he went out there and was just bad. And you say, okay, fine. I wasn't expecting a lot from Mike White. But the fact he went out there and played really well in the early going and then goes out, so you're like tantalized by this performance. You see this and you say, oh man, if only we saw Mike White. And here's the other thing. Zach Wilson's recovery time frame was actually like pretty opportune for the Jets because he's missing this game. I don't know if you want to put him back next week against Buffalo. I don't know that Buffalo is a great return game for Zach. So you would have had about two more games to really examine to see whether Mike White was a guy you wanted to leave under center. That's actually kind of perfect. It's a good three-game audition. You kind of get a sense of this guy. Now, you're not going to determine definitively whether Mike White's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but that would be enough to say, okay, this guy's playing well enough. We're going to leave him in the lineup. Or, okay, he's not good enough. We're going to go back to Zach. You lost that in this game. Just a frustration. Oh, it's so frustrating on every level. And I'll tell you something. It's It's a good thing the Jets won that game last week. And I know a lot of you are very frustrated by this performance I can I can't I'm not gonna say I can live with this because this defensive performance was unacceptable but at least they got that win last week I think that this season looks very different for me if they leave this game a second straight embarrassing or a second embarrassing blowout loss in three weeks and they're one and seven for whatever reason two and six with wins over Cincinnati and Tennessee two quality teams at least makes me feel a little bit better about the trajectory of this team that said this defense for all the optimism we had early in the season, there are issues there. And while this may not be a very talented team, this should be a much better unit than we've seen two of the last three weeks. 
this is a problem and we need to figure out how to fix it. Now, if you want to cheer yourself up after this defensive performance, let me give you a tip. It's a perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, but most Built Bars are only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with the coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month? Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly? Check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. Well, I certainly hope you did not bet on the Jets last night, but Bet Online does remain your number one spot for all the football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, recapping a Jets loss. They were defeated 45-30 last night by the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday Night Football. We began our week here on Locked On Jets on a very positive note, recapping a victory over the Bengals. We now end the week on a negative note. Our Friday show is a game recap of a loss to the Colts where the Jets did not play well at all, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Although I would say the offense wasn't bad. In fact, I'd even go as far as to say the offense was pretty good. Now, most of the production came when the game was effectively over, but they did produce a couple of drives that ended in points during the brief competitive portion of this game. I talked about the Mike White touchdown drive, and Mike White looked as good as he did against the Bengals during the brief period where he was in the game. Josh Johnson came in and did lead that field goal drive late in the first half. If the defense gets a stop there, it's 21-10. Who knows what happens? Now, for most of the second half, in fact, I'd say for the entire second half, the game wasn't really competitive But Johnson did throw for 317 yards and three touchdowns in this game. And look, I understand a lot of it probably when we look at the film, we're going to find the Colts were playing very soft. I know Troy Aikman made some comment that the Colts weren't playing prevent defense. I'm not so sure about that. I'm going to be interested to see the film. But hey, look, I saw Luke Falk, who was the third string quarterback two years ago, and he could not do anything even against a prevent defense. I got to say for Josh Johnson, the guy who has been in the NFL a long time, and not had much success and has not played in a while. 317 yards and three touchdowns. I don't know what it means for the future, but he was pretty effective. And I know I'm going to get some emails for what I'm about to say, and I almost feel like I should not say it, but I think it needs to be said. You know, for all the complaining about the play calling, and I do think the play calling deserved some criticism the first six games of the season, but so far, the backup quarterback... And the third-string quarterback have run the offense more effectively than the rookie starting quarterback. Now, that's not a commentary on Zach Wilson's potential. It's not me saying we give up on Zach Wilson. 
it's just making a point, and I think it's a point that does need to be made. So far, this offense has looked a lot better with both the number two quarterback, Mike White, and the number three quarterback, Josh Johnson. And you know, for all the time I spent in the offseason and the preseason, and even in the weeks leading up to the last couple of games, talking about how the Jets have mishandled the backup quarterback position, the offense has gotten a boost. A couple other stars from this game. Elijah Moore had a couple touchdowns. Now, I think some of these were based on design. Some of them, One was certainly based on a blown coverage, but seven catches for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Seven catches in, in eight targets. So Elijah Moore seems like he's coming along well. Keelan Cole, five catches, 66 yards. Made a couple really nice grabs along the way. Michael Carter produced a nice catch and run. He had a 37-yard reception, 13 carries for 49 yards, which given the Jets' issues up front, was not terrible. And yes, Ryan Griffin. Now, this production came mostly in the late stages of the game where it wasn't competitive, but four catches, 28 yards, and a touchdown. So there were some good things to take from the offense. At the end of the day, the offense did score 30 points in this game, even if most of the production came when it was out of hand, but most of the game was out of hand, and there wasn't really anything the offense could do in this game. Look, when you give up six touchdowns in your first seven series, and by the way, I'm going to repeat it, the one stop the Jets did get, the Colts drove all the way to the two-yard line. And that stop may have been as much about the Colts' offense finally failing to function as it was about the Jets' defense making a play. Ultimately, 486 yards of offense for the Jets. I mean, you can live with that. 30 points. No, the game may play out differently if it's more competitive, but there's nothing you can put, put on the offense in this game. The defense just did not play a competitive football game. I'm sure we're going to talk about it next week. Jets got to figure out this defense because Buffalo is coming to town. And really the only silver lining you can say is that the Jets have been much better at home than on the road this season. The road, they've struggled to play competitive football, whereas at home, they have two wins over quality teams. They have a win, they have a win over Tennessee, who's currently the number one team in the AFC. And they have a win over Cincinnati, who was the number one team in the AFC prior to playing through the Jets and losing. So at least there's that. And there's also a couple extra days. So the Jets do get three days to rest up and prepare for this Buffalo game. And even the one loss the Jets had this season, even though it was nominally a 19-point loss to the Patriots, that was really because Zach Wilson threw four interceptions. Jets actually played pretty well for the most part outside of Wilson. They controlled the trenches, I thought, pretty well in that game. So it's been a different team at home. You hope you'll see better performance next week against Buffalo. I mean, the defense could not possibly be worse. They could be as bad, but they could not be worse than they were in this game. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend. Try and forget about this loss. We'll be back on Monday to talk more Jets.